KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Welcome in San Diego. It's Jade Hindman. Tropical Storm Hillary is moving on. We'll talk about the impact left behind and what all the rainfall means going into the fire season. Plus, hear how prepared the region is for inclement weather in the future. This is Midday Edition, connecting our communities through conversation. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. San Diego is recovering from the impacts of Tropical Storm Hillary, which hit the county yesterday, bringing record rainfall for the month of August, high winds and flooding in some areas. Some minor power outages were reported, too. And on top of all that, many Southern Californians felt a 5.1 magnitude earthquake centered near Ojai. Here to give us the latest on the storm is Alex Tardy. He is Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the National Weather Service in San Diego County. Welcome back to Midday Edition, Alex. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. You know, so it's unusual to have an earthquake and a tropical storm hit on the same day. What is going on? (laughs) Uh, Well, the tropical cyclone Hillary uh, appears to be uh, independent in a coincidence with the earthquake up north of L.A. But that said, um, tropical cyclone Hillary delivered the rain that was expected uh, two to three inches in the urban areas, all the major cities, two to three inches of rain. We even had wind uh, yesterday evening. Winds were gusting 40 miles per hour from Coronado to Oceanside. Um, and But the areas that really got hit hard, the mountains and deserts, and those were the areas we were concerned about. And that um, was all the way from Ocotillo to Palm Springs, but really all the way through the Mojave Desert. Uh, yesterday afternoon and evening up to Las Vegas, way too much rain. They had a year's worth of rain in parts of the deserts with three to six inches of water coming down. Wow. You know, I just heard you refer to it as tropical cyclone Hillary. I've heard a lot of different terms uh, being used to describe this weather system. So can you tell me which one is it? Is it a hurricane? Is it a cyclone? And what's the difference? Yeah, it gets confusing. So starting last week when Hillary first formed and then rapidly within a day and a half became a category four hurricane that's the level of the wind speeds um, inside the eye when it's over really warm tropical water Um, what gets confusing is then you hear that and it's like wow that's coming here Uh, that's that's scary so a tropical cyclone just covers all stages of the hurricane so whether it's weakening or strengthening whether it's a tropical depression, whether it's a tropical storm or hurricane, all those are just meteorological measurements of the center of the storm. And they're important for the wind speeds, but the rain, the moisture that affected us, that's already developed. And it doesn't matter how much the storm weakens or strengthens, we get all that rain and all that water. So officially it came through as a tropical storm through San Diego 
County, Riverside County. So that just means wind speeds were between 40 and 70 miles per hour sustained in the center of the storm. So it's a technicality with it. I call it tropical cyclone because it covers all different stages of the storm. Hmm. All right. So at this point, should we expect more rain to come? And if so, is flash flooding a risk for us? I think we're out of the woods now. Um, that said, our mountain areas, we got to watch closely today. There, there will be some pop-up thunderstorms. But for most areas, including our deserts, we've seen the worst of it. We set records, like you mentioned. Most of the rain was within 12 to 18 hours. We had a lot of places with three or four inches of rain. Even on the coast, there was places with three inches of rain. But in our deserts and mountains where all that flooding occurred, the rock slides, the mud flows, the strongest winds were in the deserts and mountains, of course. But I, I think we're out of the woods. Right now, the cyclone is way up in Nevada uh, and continuing to weaken. But it made a big footprint on southern central California, including the Las Vegas area. Hmm. I mean, as far as our area is concerned, with the ground being so saturated, are there any concerns or risks remaining uh, in the aftermath of this tropical cyclone? There is to an extent. Um, you know, normally in August, we don't get any rain except for maybe a pop-up thunderstorm. So there's a small possibility that we could see some movement of land, you know, uh, some slides, some rock slides. We saw that yesterday. The photos like on Interstate 8 were quite scary with the large boulders. But um, after you get this much rain, even if it's winter time, there's always some concern that, you know, water will be flowing underneath and you may get some slides. Um, we're still looking at, you know, more river flooding, Coachella Valley, Mojave Desert to our north. But for us, I think the main concern, you know, would be like the 78 Highway, 79 I-8, that uh, some of those boulders and rocks that that received uh, that three to seven inches of rain uh, may be loose. And parts of San Diego County actually saw tornado warnings too, uh, especially around Alpine and Descanso. Did any touch down? I did not get any confirmation. It was with, believe it or not, the uh, remnant eye wall of Tropical Cyclone Hillary around three to four o'clock in the afternoon when that moved through San Diego County. Uh, I did get one uh, other uh, report that there was a funnel cloud, um, which means it's trying to form into a tornado, but it doesn't quite get there. It doesn't connect with the ground. Uh, so that was the main confirmation I got. And then I also talked to some people that did surfing, and the surf was really rough. Uh, so you had opposing strong north winds with a big south swell coming up. But they did say they found some good surf off of Coronado. So what happens is uh, some of the south-facing beaches feel Hillary as she was coming up. But our coast was beat up, you know, with with uh, the surf, the heavy rain. And I'm sure we saw some erosion along uh, some of our cliffs and beaches. Mm -hmm. You know, San Diego and, and this area, we don't typically see tornadoes. Um, how well prepared do you think we are for that type of weather? Tornadoes, um, it's hard to prepare for. Uh, if you're lucky, you get 30 minute notice, even in the center of the United States. You might be told the day before that there's a potential for tornadoes. The thing with tropical cyclones, uh, they are known for these small spin-up tornadoes that cause local wind damage. And what happens is 
if we did get a tornado or we do get a tornado in a tropical cyclone, uh, it's pouring rain usually. You can't see it, and it really comes up really quick. And it might already be windy at the time. So tornadoes that are associated with tropical systems are, are a lot different and even less predictable uh, with advance notice. What does the rest of the week look like weather-wise? Any more surprises ahead? Looks like um, we're going to dry out uh, and warm up everywhere. Uh, we're going to deal with a lot of moisture, so it was a sticky, muggy night. Uh, but we'll have good weather to clean up. Um, even though uh, we didn't have major damage in the San Diego area with the 40-mile-per-hour winds that were recorded um, in many places, uh, even at the airport, uh, there's a lot of branches and trees uh, around that are, are damaged and maybe hanging branches and leaves and pine needles. The water moved a lot of things around. Uh, so uh, we'll have a couple of nice days in the rest of the week um, as we slowly lose all this moisture that's over us right now. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. I'm speaking with meteorologist Alex Tardy about Tropical Storm Hillary. Alex, um, you know, looking ahead, how will all this rain impact fire season? Mm, that's a great question. So typically when we see uh, unusual rains uh, late in the summer, it really can help us in the fall uh, in terms of reducing and um, sometimes eliminating our fall fire season. While this rain is significant, um, and I mean, two, three inches of rain uh, uh, in August is just unheard of. The rain um, in our mountains was, you know, double that. I still think um, we're going to have a fire season. And so we'll still have a concern with a lot of the, the fine fuels, the smaller fuels, because when we enter into Santa Ana season, it, it never fails. Uh, we have extremely hot days, dry conditions. It's like uh, putting your clothes in your dryer. They're soaking wet, right? And you take them out of the washer, you put them in the dryer, they're bone dry if it works right. The Santa Ana can do that too to our fuel. So while this is beneficial and this buys a lot of time, uh, a few weeks, when we get into October, November, um, if we don't have any more rain from now to then, I, I think there still will be uh, a fire season. Maybe not as severe, but still uh, grass brush will still be at risk. Mm. And, you know, we had a, a wet winter this past year. There's been talk of El Nino hitting San Diego this winter. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so last winter is uh, tough to beat. It was remarkable. We have uh, places in San Diego County that received 60 inches of rain, like Palomar Mountain, and then they received five inches yesterday, so you got to add, add that to it. we got coastal communities like San Marcos and Carlsbad that have had 25 five inches of rain and uh they picked up three inches yesterday so really wet year uh el nino is already here uh it's down in the equator it's building and strengthening uh it's looking like it's going to be a moderate to strong el nino now that said that typically changes our jet stream in december january february sometimes all the way through march and april but I don't think we know where the jet stream is going to line up. Last year, it spent most of its time with 13 atmospheric rivers across Southern California. I think it's hard to say at this point. We know that El Nino will influence the jet stream that brings us winter storms. But where those storms line up, they could end up lining up all over Northern California. And we only get uh, grazed by them 
or they could be pointed at us like last winter. Um, it's difficult to say. El Nino's are not quite what we used to think they were. If you remember back in 2016, that's the strongest El Nino on record in the ocean as you measure the sea surface temperatures and how they differ from normal. Strongest one. Um, we were below average in San Diego with rainfall and the drought continued at that time in 2016. So El Nino is an important factor in, in our weather, but it doesn't determine if we're unusually wet or not uh, in every case. Hmm. Speaking of unusually warm water temperatures, I mean, do you see any connection to climate change with these weather patterns we've had? With El Nino, not really. Uh, El Nino's doing its thing. Uh, we had three years of La Nina, including last year, which is the cold phase. Now we're in the uh, El Nino warm phase. So the ocean's really good at sloshing water back and forth and relieving heat. Uh, and that's what the El Nino phenomenon is all about, or the La Nina, which is the opposite. Now, outside of that area in the equator, yeah, there's some really warm water that just won't go away. Western, northern, Gulf of Alaska, off the Pacific Northwest, really warm water, warmer than it should be. Marine heat waves is what we call them, but they're not going away. And I think they're largely attributed to the heat over land, not just this year. Palm Springs broke a record for the warmest July, but not this just this year, the past decade or so. That warm water is absorbed, uh, you know, absorbing the heat from the land. If we look at the heat wave right now in the center of the United States, they broke records. It was over 100 over many areas of the Midwest yesterday. That heat dome is actually what brought Hillary to us, the circulation around that, because it's so massive. So um, I do think there's a connection to the overall global warming, to the intensity, magnitude, uh, and impacts that some of these events are, have unfolded and brought to us. Yeah. Yeah. That in mind, should we expect more? of this kind of weather? I think we we should, um, but it's not as simple as, okay, next year we're going to have a tropical cyclone again, or, you know, this year we're going to be doused with massive rains. It's, it's like throwing darts literally beyond 10 days on a, on a dartboard. You just know that uh, with more energy, more heat in the atmosphere, these events uh, are a little more extreme maybe even more frequent, but certainly more extreme. Sometimes that's cold, sometimes that's warm, sometimes that's dry, and sometimes that's wet, like yesterday. Yeah, I'd imagine that makes predicting uh, the weather a little more challenging, too. You know, we sometimes get immune to these terms, like storm of the century. Uh, so where does yesterday rank for you in terms of memorable weather events in San Diego? And do you have any lasting takeaways from this weekend? So Hillary is... Definitely the tropical cyclone storm of the century for Southern California. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly what happened in 1939, but uh, there is some documentation. So for a tropical system, that is it. Hillary is the storm of, of, of the century. It doesn't mean it was worse than, you know, our biggest atmospheric rivers like in 2019, 2017 or 2010 or even when you go back to like 1993. Uh, but for tropical meteorology, it ranks right up there. And I think some of our precipitation records for the month of August are, are going to show that, whether it's Palm Springs, San Diego uh, population, 
Riverside or our mountains, you know, to have that much rain in, in August when we typically don't see almost any rain on, on a given year is, is remarkable. So that puts it, puts it way up there, but it's, it's a separate category because it's tropical. Um, probably a little unfair to compare it directly to some of our major winter storms or certainly not comparable to some of our major Santa Ana winds or our heat waves. All right. Well, I know you are headed to Palm Springs. Good luck out there. I understand that uh, the water has some people cut off from uh, much of California. So be safe. I've been speaking with Alex Tardy, Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the National Weather Service in San Diego County. Alex, thank you so much. Thank you. How do you feel about our changing weather? Give us a call at 619-452-0228. Leave a message or you can email us at midday at kpbs.org. Coming up, the conversation continues with KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. This is the kind of thing that uh, San Diego does regularly. They activate these emergency services regularly, and, and they did it for this one. It just so happened that what they activated it for uh, was the, you know, uh, a pretty rare event, which was a tropical storm coming into the area. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Welcome back to Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. Today we are talking about the impact Tropical Storm Hillary had in our region and the Baja Peninsula. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson looked into how well San Diegans prepared and the impact left behind. Eric, thanks for being here today. My pleasure. So you reported on the potential impact on Imperial Beach and the South Bay this past weekend. How did residents and local officials prepare there? Well, I thought it was kind of funny. What I noticed was that uh, they prepared much the same way that they would if there was a big wildfire in the region, some other uh, uh, large, you know, natural emergency occurring. Uh, The county uh, emergency center activated uh, law enforcement. uh, firefighting officials, uh, county officials, uh, local officials all got together uh, with the National Weather Service to kind of uh, give residents the information that they might need ahead of time. Uh, but again, it was it was a I got the sense, uh, the feel from this that uh, this was the kind of thing that uh, San Diego does regularly. They activate these emergency services regularly, and, and they did it for this one. It just so happened that what they activated it for. Uh, was the, you know, uh, a pretty rare event, which was a tropical storm coming into the area. And, you know, Imperial Beach has had a lot of problems with coastal flooding and sewage. Um, what's it? What's the scene now? I mean, how polluted are the waters at this point? Well, I think at this point that uh, residents should heed what the San Diego County Department of Environmental uh, Services uh, recommends, that uh, any time that you have any kind of a of rainfall in the region, uh, you should avoid water contact in the open ocean for 72 hours. And the reason for that is pretty simple. It's because uh, when you have storms, uh, you know, all that water rushes off the land. It picks up pollutants. It picks up uh, any sewage that may be there. Uh, and it and it rushes it out to sea. So the water is is presumed to be uh, pretty contaminated for at least seventy two hours. The complicating factor for Imperial Beach 
is that they have had this ongoing cross-border sewage situation this summer. There have been regular flows down the Tijuana River Valley, uh, and there have been uh, sewage flows coming up from south of Tijuana that have been brought up by the ocean uh, that have, have caused, uh, you know, positive tests uh, for for sewage in the in the ocean water and prompted officials to, to close the beaches in Imperial Valley and sometimes as far north as, as Coronado. So that's an ongoing situation. That's going to be in effect. And so you don't want to jump into the water as soon as that 72 hours, you know, safety storm uh, uh, warning uh, expires. Wow. What's the lingering impact of, of those cross-border sewage flows? Well, that's the thing, too. It's they're not tied to to the rainfall that fell yesterday. You know, it was coming down pretty good yesterday afternoon in, in Imperial Beach, and, and there was a lot of flow, and the ocean was all churned up, and a lot of big waves, and there was some wind in the area as well. Uh, and the sewage flows aren't going to stop just because the storm left. They were there before the storm happened, and they're going to continue to be there after the storm happens. Uh, so uh, it's something, uh, you know, to monitor. It's something to be aware of. Uh, water contact, probably not a good idea on Imperial Beach until they fix uh, some of the issues related to these cross-border flows. For people who don't understand what impact the pollution can have and, you know, perhaps they're ready to jump back out there and hit some waves, um, what is the impact? What can happen to someone who does get into the water um, at this point? Well, you know, it is known uh, that uh, sewage uh, is, uh, you know, carries things like E. coli, it uh, carries other contaminants that are harmful to people's health. You can get very sick if you're in the ocean that's contaminated with sewage flows. And uh, and these can be serious illnesses. They can be chronic illnesses if you repeatedly go back into the water. So I think there are some uh, really good um, health reasons not to be in contact uh, with the ocean when we know that there is sewage out there. Hmm. And just in terms of, of how people prepared for this, you know, I imagine the storm came as a surprise uh, you know, this is the the only the second tropical storm to hit San Diego in a century. So what are some of the reactions that you've been hearing? Well, yeah, it definitely was a surprise. There's no question about that. It's just not something that happens very regularly. But um, I'm sure you noticed this as well. There was plenty of warning, uh, you know, a week out. Hey, this is coming. This could be happening. This is what it might mean. Uh, and there was a lot of, of public discourse about that. And I think people kind of responded to that message. Now, there were people that I ran into yesterday. I was down in Imperial Beach uh, near Palm Avenue, right there at the coastline. Uh, there were people that I ran into yesterday that went there specifically to see. <laughs> they wanted to they wanted to see what was going on. They wanted to experience uh, this this rare event. Um, uh, and there were other people that I ran across that were like, eh, whatever, it's just a little rainy day, no big deal. Uh, but the thing you have to remember, uh, this is really, really a rare event. Um, I've talked a number of times to Alex Tardy about this, that, uh, you know, the typical rainfall uh, is in San Diego during the month of August is a hundredth of an inch, which is a trace. That's the average over time. It almost never rains in August. And to get to this kind of a drenching uh, really makes it rare. And, you know, we did experience some heavy winter rains earlier this year. Do you think that helped San Diegans become better prepared for weather events like this? 
I think you hit it right on the button there. Uh, anytime that you experience something uh, more often, the better prepared you're going to be uh, for it the next time that it rolls around. So yeah, the fact that we had a really wet winter this year, where we had regular storms almost every week, we had these big atmospheric river storms coming through the region. Uh, I think that that kind of let people know what to expect when we get this uh, this kind of rain. One thing about this storm that might have been a little different from some of those winter storms uh, this you know earlier this year was that it was a little bit windier than you might expect. Uh, tropical storm, forty mile an hour sustained winds at points. So uh, that might have been one of the differentiating factors. But in terms of the water that came in. Uh, certainly, the more people that that experience, the more that people experience it, uh, the more they'll be prepared. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman, speaking with KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson about Tropical Storm Hillary and its impact on San Diego. And Eric, Mayor Todd Gloria talked about the city of San Diego's preparations for the storm in a press conference last Friday. You touched on this a bit earlier, but outside of the city. How did the county prepare? Yeah, I thought they were really good. Like I said, I, I, I got the sense that this was something that the county, uh, that, that was right in the county's wheelhouse. It's something that they had done for wildfires. It's something that they had done for previous winter storms. So um, they kind of knew the drill. It was, it was very practiced. Um, uh, yesterday, I was at the emergency uh, uh, the county emergency center, and you know, we we heard from uh, Supervisor Chair Nora Vargas. We heard from Alex Tardy. There was an official there from San Diego Gas and Electric. There were fire officials there, police officials, sheriffs officials, uh, all of the local public safety officials that that this situation sort of touched in one way or another. They were there. You know, asking people to be prepared, asking people to be wary, asking them to stay home if they can, um, and and it seemed very much like it was in routine. So, um, if you were looking for uh, a reason not to be confident in the in the county's response, probably not going to find it there. It seemed like they were on top of what was happening. San Diego Gas and Electric also monitored the situation and had crews at the ready in case of power outages. This is what Alex Welling, a communications manager for SDG&E, told KPBS. I am showing about 409 impacted meters. Um, some of those are are related to uh, the tropical storm Hillary that we just all experienced, but um at the end of the day, I think our infrastructure held up pretty well. And, and I want to give a major shout out to our um, professionals who were out in the field all last night restoring power and all through the day yesterday. Um, I believe our average restoration time was about one hour. So they were out there. They were working hard around the clock to make sure the customers had power. And uh, what did you hear from SDG&E going into the storm in terms of preparation? Well, like other local officials, they were they were prepared. They knew that this storm was coming, so they put their uh, crews on alert. They had uh, they checked to make sure that all of their uh, repair crews, uh, their trucks were working, that they had the tools that they needed if they had to go out and deal with an outage, uh, and they were uh, ready to go. It didn't seem uh, from the coverage that I saw yesterday that they were overwhelmed by by the demand for service from them, and, and so it seemed like that their their preparation was very much in line with what they were hoping. 
You know, we just heard from Alex Tardy, who you mentioned earlier. Um, He's from the National Weather Service. But I also wanted to get your take here. This was the first time San Diego's ever received a tropical storm warning. So what should we take away from this? And, And what does this mean for climate change in your eyes? Well, this has happened before. I mean, let's be clear about that, too. Uh, Back in the uh, 1800s, about 160 years or so ago, there was a hurricane that did hit San Diego. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, But what happened with this storm is that this storm formed in, in the tropical Pacific over water that was unusually warm for this type of year. It was warmer than it typically is. And so that storm began and gained strength very quickly. Uh, And the other thing that was in play was that there were a couple of other systems, uh, storm systems. There was a storm system off the coast of California in the Central Pacific, and there was a heat wave over the central part of, of the United States that kind of created this alley for the storm to track straight up through San Diego. There is a chance because of climate warming that these kinds of conditions can line up again. So does it mean that there's going to be another tropical storm moving through San Diego? No, it doesn't. But does it mean that the chances of that happening are greater now than they were 10, 15 or 20 years ago? Yeah, it probably means that. So climate change is having an impact. It doesn't mean we're going to be overrun by tropical storms or hurricanes uh, in the near future. But But the chances of those happening certainly have increased a little bit. All right. I've been speaking with KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. As always, Eric, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota. Let's go places. 